For anyone looking to have custom fabrication done this winter, from a basic roll bar or a custom exhaust, to a complete tube chassis conversion with custom suspension geometry, all the way to a turnkey Trans Am TA2 car, contact the guys at Red Mist Inc. This NASA certified tech center has the experience necessary to make sure that your car is as ready as it can be for next season. With access to hundreds of different product lines, they can make sure you have everything you need to have a head start on the competition. Red Mist Incorporated, because losing sucks. Contact Red Mist today by email at redmistincorporated at gmail.com or call 847-428-6610. Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show, episode 28. I'm Austin Cabot. I'm Adam Jabet. And today, we're going on a nice little fun tour of Ibach in Corona, California. Man, that was a big place. It was. It, I think, what'd they say, over 400,000 square feet under know. roof? It, it, it seemed like it was bigger inside than it was outside. <laughs> when, when we drove up to it, I thought, that's a pretty big building. But then we walked into it, and it just seemed to go and go and go. You know, it's kind of like a Honda Key Activan. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those things, uh, like uh, they look like they're four feet long, and then you, a six foot two person can lay out nice in the back of one of them. Um, it's perfect, man. It's perfect. Yeah, the uh, the Eibach, uh, tour was uh, was pretty cool. We uh, uh, we got to check out like every aspect of the uh, of the production of springs and shocks and their hand building. You know. What's their what's their fancy line of shocks? The uh, Multi Pro R twos. Multi Pro R twos. Yep. Yeah. So we got to see where those were. Got to see where those were built. Yep. Um, all the R and D. Pretty much got the full tour. Mark over there was was kind enough to invite us over. Yeah. Uh, when we were in L A. and and took us around, showed us around, and the place is very very impressive. Yeah. I was uh, I was really glad we had John from uh, HVT there too. Um, yeah. He uh, him and Mark walked around uh, during the tour portion, and I think he pretty much grilled Mark on every aspect of how they make things. Yeah, pretty uh, much. I mean, John is uh, he he pretty much lives and breathes that stuff. So yeah. for us, you know, it's something interesting to know, but that's not how we make our living every day. He had some really good questions. Uh, it was yeah. it was fun to listen to while while chopping some of the uh, the dead space and uh, the the ambient noise out of it. Uh, all the questions that John had for Mark, and Mark really was on top of everything. There was very few times where he was like, well, "I don't know what that is." Like he was pulling part numbers out of his uh, you know out of his head, what they went to and uh, and how everything was made, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, that dude really knows his stuff too. Yeah, he, so. He uh, he's only been there for like three years, and he he seems like he's a walking catalog, and uh, he's built shocks. He's done almost ha you know he seems like he's done just about everything on the production line a little bit too. So, um, or at least he knows you know kind of what everything does, how it works, knows everybody. But that was uh, it was a pretty good time. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate those guys letting us come over, and uh, we're gonna start off with a, a quick interview that we had uh, with a couple of the guys from Ibach. Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show. We are currently live at Eibach headquarters in Corona, California. Hey, we just took a big tour. I'm Austin Cabot. I'm Adam Jabe. And today we're joined by... Mark Krumi. Ryan Hegner. Tony Jackson. How's it going, guys? Good, 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 good. Awesome. Thanks for coming out. Oh, thanks for having us. What'd you think? Place is amazing. 
that uh, the manufacturing facility here uh, just made my brain pop. You don't I, even know. It's pop, my brain Drive pops. by, you just think we're just <laughs> it's, a it's big... It looks like a boring building. <laughs> yeah, right? A big warehouse of it, nothing. Yeah, the, it's just stunning that you do everything here. I didn't know you did everything in-house. Yeah. But. What were you most impressed about as far as like the spring construction um, quality? Well, I had no idea how springs were wound, actually. That was cool. I mean, and that's just a big, crazy machine. But uh, the uh, the assembly of the uh, multi-pro stuff and some of the off-road stuff you had in there, I mean... Those machines are so cool. And it's just the, the quality and everything that goes into all the little tiny parts. It's just, you know, you only take apart a shock once in a while, and it just kind of looks like a pile of crap on the table. But that's uh, that's really nice stuff. Yeah. It's Maybe. cool. You don't even realize how much actual human and yeah is interaction maybe really want to spend some stuff. money with ibuck that's good <laughs> that's why we're here that's right that's you're just trying to sell us stuff that's, that's right. right we're trying to sell stuff to everybody else that's but, good um what do you guys all do uh, at ibuck what's your jobs uh this is tony here um i have more or less catalog manager i guess but i'm involved with marketing i'm involved with new products um i'm involved with sales so kind of all around, but for the most part right now, my, my main focus is catalog catalog manager. I, uh, this is Mark, and I uh, focus uh, mostly on our marketing efforts. So, uh, This is Ryan. I'm the business development manager. I'm focusing on uh, basically launching our new products, uh, new products that iBox is not known for, uh, UTV kits, truck shocks, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Are you guys all going to SEMA in a few weeks? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long few days. Yeah. I'll be there for 10 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What are you guys' backgrounds as far as, uh, you know, racing and being in the industry and things like that? Well, Ryan's on online game is pretty strong. Oh, <laughs> <so> strong. <laughs> that GDD. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the late 90s, uh, me and another guy, we launched uh, HondaClub.com. And we published a magazine called Velocity as well that was distributed through uh, Honda dealers on newsstands. And then we also had, you know, the website. It was kind of like AAA for Honda owners. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from there, I actually I gave uh, Eibach most of their R&D cars. I would always have access okay. to yeah. Hondas, you know, before most people. So I would get one, bring it over to the R&D manager, uh, Dave, who was a buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to the point where I was just kind of sick of what I was doing, and there wasn't a lot of future in it. And I had a big gnarly commute all the way up to L.A. Okay. And I said, hey, if anything ever opens up at Ibach, let me know. And yeah. uh, about a month later, I made the switch, and that cool. was uh, about 12 years ago. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Tony, we saw your pretty red uh, E46 oh, out of there. Thanks, thanks. The, I didn't know you guys drove those uh, Beamers. I thought they were just track cars. <laughs> but they're in the parking lot. Duty. Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. double duty. I mean, it's my daily's got a flat, and I just, you know, I don't mind driving it. It's four yeah. miles to work. That's not bad. Um, but I got started in the late 90s like Ryan did. Uh, actually, it was probably more mid-90s for you, wasn't it? Yeah. But I got my first Honda in the late 90s. Um, grew up skating, and then I got, I got into cars started working as a mechanic at Acura for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and I just knew I didn't want to be a mechanic for the rest of my life. I like cars. I like working on cars. I just, every day, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, then I went over to JHP USA, which was getting okay. Honda parts back in the day. Yeah. Uh, started there in 03, left there in 07, talked to Ryan. Ryan got me the job here at Eibach, and um, I've been here eight years ever since. Cool. How long has uh, this facility been here? The place looks pretty new. 
Uh, it's been here since 2002. Okay. It's uh, 165,000 square it's feet. It's so big. Yeah. Previously, we were in Irvine, but we were in three different buildings to oh, get okay. the square footage we need, and yep. it's a lot more expensive out there. And here, we're, you know, everything under one building, we sit on basically the busiest freeway in Southern yeah. California. So yeah, you get a big billboard on the back of the uh, exactly. building, basically. Exactly. And when I started eight yeah. years ago, that, that half world of dampers are, that mm-hmm. used to be Callaway Corvette. Oh really? So we weren't even using the entire building. We had like oh, wow. some of that space. So okay. to be here and see like you know the business grow and the products grow and everything else, it's cool to see us expand and use all that space. Yeah, I think one of the cool things about Ivoc is as other companies farm work out to uh, you know China or overseas, Ivoc has concentrated on bringing more manufacturing into California. So when I started here. Uh, 12 years ago, we only did springs in-house. Now we do anti-roll bars in-house. We do coilovers in-house. We do uh, truck shocks in-house. Yeah, you know, we, pretty we much were, 100% of our product line. We were just watching sway bars be bent right here in the good old USA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knew they made anything here anymore? Yeah. What uh, Since you guys work in the industry, how does that uh, uh, affect it, it being like you know fun as a hobby? Do you guys still play with cars a whole lot? Yeah, I think we all still do. I mean, oh, I'm, yeah, I modify everything. I have a lifted Tundra now, okay. and I have a the black one out there. Yeah, that thing is ridiculous. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Reservoirs, bold, tees, right? yeah, yeah, tees, yeah, black on bronze. Too. It looks really good in the driveway. Yeah. Those upper control really arms are beefy. Yeah, super cool. Those super are from, uh, from Icon. That's actually one of our our private label customers we manufacture springs for. But I've got that and a '64 Impala, and oh. I still have a Type R, and so I think everybody still plays with cars. Yeah. Yeah, so that's two Type R's in the room, right? Yeah, right. So I've I, owned, I've previously owned two Type Tony's R's. Tony's had seventeen yeah. of them at some point or something. <laughs> like that. I, think, I think at one point in time we had a total of four or five in the building. I had two. Mark had one. Jared had Jared one. Jared had one. Yeah, yeah, we had quite a few. It seems like the whole automotive aftermarket is somewhat tied to the stupid Type R community. <laughs> like they're really all is. somehow it is. I mean, it's you know, it's a I cheap car. It, it's a cheap car to like modify. Yeah. You know, now they are. But I mean, the whole Honda community, it, it seems like a lot of guys that were really into cars that started with Hondas. Yeah. That got into racing. It's like, well, it's kind of the starting point for a lot of guys, you know. And they want to move on to like a rear-wheel drive or a different chassis, but or they stick stick with the Honda stuff too, which is yeah. which is great. And now perfect ones are worth what forty thousand dollars. Is what <laughs> yeah. that one? Is that what for? that ended up selling? I think for? it sold for like forty two. That's insane. So if you got a perfect Type R, hang on it for a while. I can't. Who knows what it'll actually nice. be worth? There's no but... way I could ever have something like that. Yeah, you got to have a few dents and scratches we in know, the Type Mark. R. You've seen <laughs> yeah. your cars. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I've got. Yeah, I beat up all all my toys. Uh, anybody uh, anybody have any uh, fun track plans this weekend? Because it seems like it's always perfect in California. It doesn't rain. It doesn't snow. And you could do things here all year. We actually got rain just recently for the first time in how many months? I don't know. A really long time. Yeah, Everyone you could, you're in out. quite a drought here. Yeah, I've got a busy couple of weeks coming up. I've got uh, doing a button willow on the 17th. Okay. And then I fly to Austin for the Formula 1 race on the 22nd. Cool. Get back on the 26th. And then we go to SEMA. On the thirty first. No, we're doing uh, we're doing Big Willow on the thirty first. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing Beamer Challenge at Willow Springs oh, yeah, on the thirty yeah. first, and then from there driving straight to Vegas. I don't know what we're going to do in Vegas, but I'm sure it'll get weird. <laughs> yeah. um, Halloween in Vegas? I don't know. And then I heard it's decent. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the week after that, Super Loud Battle. Okay. So it's going to get pretty busy here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll probably be out for for Super Loud. That uh, I've right wanted to go to that Vegas. event for quite a while. So yeah, that's directly after SEMA, right? Yeah, the week after yeah. SEMA. It's, uh, it's two days this year, so it's Wednesday, Thursday, okay. 11th and 12th. Yeah, so um, I'll be competing in the M3. Cool. Yeah, our, we're sending a car out from uh, Wisconsin uh, wrapped in the Gridlife livery 
Uh, Andy Smedgard's coming out. He's ran with Optima and all that. So you'll Sweet. probably see Super him out lap? there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's going out to SEMA, and it'll be all wrapped, looking cool with our livery and stuff. What, what car is this? Uh, it's a Evo. Um, I think it's an Evo 8. He's been doing real well in the Optima Challenge. He's nice. won a bunch of stuff, and he just won a solo national championship. And so, yeah, we're we're slapping our logos all over him. Has he done any of these West Coast tracks? Uh, no, he hasn't been out here, I don't think. Really? He, he, they've been all up and down, uh, I think, the Texas and stuff. They've been running the Optima Challenge, him and, his, him and a couple of buddies. Nice. But, he's watching uh, all the... Uh, all the button below videos, uh, trying, the trying, trying, trying to figure it out. He is, he is pretty quick, though. I mean, he won he won B stock at nationals this year yeah, uh, for SCCA. Yeah, he's a good driver. That's good. Um, yeah, if uh, when you guys go to SEMA, what do you all do all week? Do you just talk to people the entire time? Mm-hmm. I've um, never been to it, SEMA. It dep- I guess it depends on your role. I mean, okay. Mark might be floating around, just making sure like everything's going smooth. Yeah, everyone, right. <laughs> some coffee, waters. Who knows? Um, yeah. The sales guys, like, I have a couple of accounts, so I'll probably be meeting with the okay. higher rack and a couple other guys. And yep. kind of just talking to people. Like, sometimes we'll get people come in, like, hey, what's new for Reebok this year? Yeah. Oh, we have the new, you know, Mustang sway bars or, or new, new UTV products we want to show off. Yep. So so everybody's in the same place at the same time. Yeah, so just a chance for us to talk yep. to dealers or distributors direct and about <laughs> what's new and what's hot for Reebok. It seems like a long week, man. It's a it's, very long it's, week. Dude, yeah. it's rough. But that's it's, what it's about. I mean, it really is just about... It's the easiest place to, to touch base with all of your existing customers yep. and build build a new customer base and cool. let people know what's going on. So, but yeah. it is uh, it is exhausting. Yeah. How, and, how uh, big of a booth do you guys have? Thirty by fifty feet. Wow! So, right there in Central Hall, right there. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are one of the big guns. Smack huh? dab in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were fortunate enough to get the same booth as last year, right across from Magnaflow and a lot of the other, okay. uh, you know, our other partners that we work with in the industry mm-hmm. and. Um, pretty yeah. happy in that spot in in the tour i was kind of surprised to see how um how much private label stuff you guys do you guys build a lot of stuff for a lot of people yeah we do actually i didn't uh, even know i had no idea of that yeah mr yeah. private label over here uh, yeah it's yeah. actually it's it's a good chunk of our business yeah that's I mean, cool we do most of the springs for fox i mean if you look at the off-road industry i mean most of the stuff out mm-hmm. there is ours whether it spring has our shocks name on everything it, yeah if it has our name on it or not and also what a lot of people don't know is in the motocross industry I mean, we probably make up 70 or 80% of the springs. Oh, we wow. do our own branded stuff, and we do race tech and factory connection okay. and pro circuit, you know, which is stuff that we're not really known for, but mm-hmm. we do a ton of. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, when you think of iBox Springs, you think of, well, I ordered those for my whatever car. They must just make lowering kits. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you guys make, like, snowmobile parts and yeah. well, that's ATV kind of, that's parts. That's kind of one everything. of the reasons why we did, like, the uh, the logo change. If you look at the logo on the outside of the building, it used mm-hmm. to say Ibox Springs. Now it just says Ibox because yeah. we actually are, are a, you know, a suspension company now. We yeah. do a little bit of everything. Do you make anything else, uh, like, control arms or anything like that? I haven't looked through the catalog in a long time. Uh, you know what? We offer that stuff, but it's typically through uh, SPC. Yeah. We use their oh, parts okay. for most of our alignment okay. goods. So it's mainly sway bars, shocks, and... Uh, yeah. Struts and springs. springs. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the sway bar and, like, spring stuff is, like, the bulk of our business. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into doing, like, some of the spherical stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the control arms and everything, we don't really get too much into that. Yeah, we were looking at some of the uh, – um, I was jealous of the uh, the rapid prototyped uh, S2000 top hat with the spherical in the middle. I'm wishing you guys made that because that would work <laughs> on my CRX. <laughs> Nobody makes them that, that, that doesn't cost a million dollars. Yeah, had had no idea you guys built so much stuff. But. Yeah. Get a three D printer, man. You yeah, I could just make things. my own plastic parts for my go. car. You know, they're pretty tough. No, we appreciate you guys stopping in, man. You guys got to run to lunch soon, and we got to run to Jackson Racing. All right. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, what's the what's the best place for people to look at uh, iBox uh, catalog and and everything you guys offer? Uh, best way to do it is iBox.com. Uh, across the top, there's all sorts of tabs and stuff you can okay. find out about all of our new products. And um, there's a motorsports tab for people looking for uh, race springs for the coilovers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing that we I mean we do private label for coilover springs as well, which a lot of people don't realize. Okay. So off road coilovers and on road coilovers, Olean's, uh, Bill Stein. Uh, KW at some point, and uh, we've done a lot of that cool. stuff, a lot of different special rates and stuff. So there's not a lot of people that build springs. It's just like a few little companies, and everybody gets them from there. It's not a lot of people who build good springs. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, but yeah, check so. us out on iBlock.com and and follow us on social media too. Okay, iBlock underscore World on cool. Instagram that we update daily. You know, it's obvious. It's one of us posting usually. We yeah. spread out during the week. So we got Ryan who posts, I post, mm-hmm. Mark posts. Jared Post and uh, Tenor and David in Motorsports, they post up okay. too. So get a bit of a mix of everything. Ibach underscore world. And then hit, uh, Facebook is Ibach or Ibach Off-Road if you're into off-road stuff. Cool. Uh, we just started a new off-road page to focus on what we have uh, going on with uh, basically Jeep lifts, Giant uh, truck lift man. or truck leveling and lift shocks yeah. and um, UTV spring systems and sway bars. So. Yeah, I was just talking to your guy in uh, development about F-350 parts. There you go. <laughs> Boom. So we've got it all. Awesome. Well, it's been a really interesting uh, trip here. We've spent several hours here. Yeah. It's, got, it's, it's a lot it of audio of the tour. I don't know what we're, how we're going to do it. but It's really nice yeah. to have people who are like super excited and engaged about what yeah. is going on and ask questions, but yeah. it ends up being a really long tour. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. I thought it was the coolest uh, thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. All right, guys. Well, have a uh, have a good afternoon, and uh, I guess this will be the end of this show. Anything right, else? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. And up next is a tour that we got with Mark. So we actually had the recorder running the whole time. So we've actually Adam's taking the liberty of cutting some of the audio out, right, Adam? I think it's about. It went from like uh, two and a half, or a little over two hours, to like an hour and a half. We had a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of machine noise and then us just walking around the massive place. But uh, uh, audio quality was surprisingly good with the digit, with the walk-around recorder. Mark had it poked up to his face. looked like he was smoking the uh, the biggest <laughs> vape ever. Yeah. Um, that thing does kind of look like a giant vape pen. It does a little bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, uh, the audio quality was pretty good. And uh, Mark's got a few good one-liners in there. And then you can hear us, uh, you know, just kind of following them around while he, he and John talk. So. John's a little bit of the star of this one. He did a great job. All right. Well, perfect. Yeah, well, we'll, we uh, hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. Uh, we'll throw it off to that. And uh, if it's too long, well, deal with it. Be fine. The levels look good. Welcome, everyone, to Eibach, North America. <laughs> you have to walk backwards. You yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had a headset. That would be way cooler. <laughs> so a Disney tour guide on your left, America. you'll find. Just like when you get on the monorail at the yeah. Monorail. De las Puertas. Speaking of Puertas, um, so this is uh, this is where the magic happens. This is the R and D department. We do all of our do what? We have a nice shop. Um, we do all the development for domestic applications and even some stuff uh, overseas. This is. Michael and Kier, and uh, research and uh, development guys doing uh, springs and stuff. This is uh, this is the crew from Slip Angle. 
going on? Uh, nice Midwest crew, so they're kind of buddies and, and they're cool, so you don't have to cool. be super stuffy and whatever. Yeah, I'm not but usually stuffy. No, I mean, you might have some nasal <laughs> things going on. There's some, I brought a cold into this place. Um, but yeah, as you can see, we've got uh, <coughs> basically lots of shock development going on. That's like one of our big, one of our big things, which, yeah, yeah, yeah you'll be, you're sure. familiar with. So um, we're doing a whole bunch of truck applications. Um, and uh, basically everything's 46 mil, uh, monotube, nitrogen, uh, oil. Are you testing and, just, uh, you have all these, are they different uh, valving combinations inside or lengths? Or uh, I think we've got, for a lot of these, are, I'm pretty sure we're doing lengths and then just general fitment on this stuff. Okay. So we've got, um, we've got two different series for the truck shocks. We have the, the sport leveling, which will be the zinc coated and... Um, They'll, uh, you know, for the spring over shock, you have the adjustable perch, and then for the um, for the for the just shock replacement, you have it'll take up to like a one or two inch lift, really. If it's a you know a one to two inch lift, so it's a longer shock. Yeah, it has enough stroke. Yep. So that's pretty cool. It's a very exciting part, especially because shocks have like so much going on inside. You know, yeah. it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool to have. It is shocking. Oh, are we doing bad puns today? Yeah, he's a bad pun. Is that is that what's going on? That's my thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. right. I'll, I'll rebound soon. Bad puns. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Okay. So that's uh that's one of our Mustang Multi Pro R twos, Dublé adjustable. And S five fifty. Huh? S five fifty. No, no. Uh, that's an S five fifty right there. But that was. What's the one before? One fifty seven. There's a one ninety seven and an S ninety five. This is in the way of the, 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 the that looks like a 197 bracket. No, it doesn't actually mount there. No, 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 no this, this is just for the display. display. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't look like a great place. That's the sway bar. Yeah. These have two sway bar bracket? No, it's, it makes it left and right. Specific. Specific. Yeah, well, you don't have to have a lift. So that stuff. So are these manufactured in Germany? Or do you guys no, those manufactured here too. Okay. We'll get th we'll get there, all right? Jeez. Come on, John. So. Do you guys 3D print your springs? Is that... Uh, we do 3D, actually, we 3D print bars. They're 3D printing blue sticks. Yeah, we we 3D print bars. I needed a blue stick, oh, so. Can you do, like, yeah. ends to test different angles? And, yeah, there can it is. you do, like, mounts and stuff, which yep, is cool? Yep, exactly, because okay. there's your shit. <laughs> well, if I put these up here and take a photo? Oh, yeah, go for it. Oh, you guys are making billiard balls. Nice. <laughs> Impressive. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you, can the bearing. Your, you can test your bearing fences. Yeah, there it is. We do, we do a lot of that stuff, too, when we're modeling Yeah, it. She cuts down time dramatically. Well, is, this, is this white one a Honda mount? It, it is. It's good. He's good. good. He's good. He's good. Kevin was oh, actually going to make his own. Your greaser. And that's cool. Yeah, there's a. Uh, this is a nice thousand upper mount. These yep. are cool. It's, you right, it's, it's made of individual. No, it was. Some uh, Civics, too. Civics. Yeah, did Kevin do this? Yeah. Just for his own deal? Yeah, he was going to make them and then he crashed the car. Cool. It's not perfect. Um. But it gets you real close. Yeah, it gets you pretty close. And if you need a visual model, sometimes that, yeah, that's the. We next actually step. make. See, I like when people get excited about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. That keeps it. That makes your job a lot. I get we probably won't even finish the rest so of this tour because we spent so much time in the just in this office. Well, what's nice is we're doing a podcast right now. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, then I, then I, I should I. I'm not going to make it too uh, professional sounding. Look at you, seven minutes into your own podcast. I've got my own podcast. That's exciting. <laughs> We were making very okay, well that's good. So I need no, to do some truck stuff. Yeah. 
this is this is new as of the past year. Yeah, yeah. Look at the catalog for that. No, but soon enough. Well, what do you have? Like a three fifty? I've got a three fifty. Yeah. So. And the shocks have one hundred eighty thousand miles on. Boom. Yeah. See, so we're doing. Kira's got a two fifty, and we just finished it. So mine's a two wheel drive. Is there any difference between four and two? Yours is a 4x4, isn't it? For the common swap? Yeah. So you'll have like you do a common swap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's a dually with a common swap. So. <laughs> it ain't fast, though. It's so slow. It's for mileage. Here's that sway bar we printed. 3D printed. How did you fit that in there? Parts. That's what we were saying. Oh, a bunch of different parts. Okay, and then you like, shoot them together? Yeah, piece them together. That's hilarious. It's like Legos. I thought maybe somebody's just like holding it here. Yeah, for where six did it go? Hours. That? <laughs> I think we broke it and then we threw it away. That's yeah. probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? The size of a piston. I'm trying to think if you make one squishy That's, enough uh, for like guys that have to run Actually, the piston inside is probably like only 36 mil. Sway bars, but don't want an effective sway bar. Because it's inverted. Bar, <laughs> and it's not an inlay. This is actually... This is... Yeah. These were prototypes that we didn't end up going with because uh, what happened was um, we've got a private label order for... Um, an adjustable, and they wanted it quickly, so we had to. We went back to the like seven eighth shaft instead of using uh, an inverted monotube. Oh, seven eighth. So yeah, that you guys. Use we could, yeah, because that's all of our adjustment stuff is based out of the seven eighths and five eighths. This looks like manufacturing intense right here. So. It, is this a DLC coating? Uh, or is this a nitride coating or something? It's it's uh yeah it's a nitride nitride coating and then um, yeah basically everything is we do the nitride coating. Yeah. So glad that John from HPT is here right now. Yeah. Because it makes us sound like we know things about things. Yeah. It's helping me sound like I know things about things, which is cool. That's a yeah, that's a serious looking piston. Yeah. So basically, so what, the way this works. Yeah. So basically, you unbolt that and you pull it out. The shaft is in here. Yeah. yeah. And then that's essentially your that's that's your that's like a case. No, no, application it just like looks this. Really beefy. Like what would the what would the benefit of that be? It's well, it's a strut, so it takes so all the load. So yeah, it's way way stronger yeah. as far as. Uh, Wall thicknesses, or yep. you've just you've got more material supporting yep. load, yep. and then you've got this whole this whole chrome and steel assembly supporting yep. load versus just that that seven eighth shaft that he was yep. talking about going through a, a, a strut guide. This is lined with bushings, yep. and this slides through those bushings. They're tough on yep. line usually. Cool. So the wear on this isn't such a big deal. No, but that is something that has to be monitored. Yeah. So I don't know how you guys do it, but like we always have to tell our customers, these are usually race-only applications. Yeah, yeah. And we tell them, take your casing apart, keep it clean, keep those bushings yeah. lubricated, otherwise yeah. you get all the scoring on the chrome. Yeah. Well, Mike had, Mike's got a um, rally car. He's got a set of Bilsteins, and he just went through some. He didn't use. Yeah, he didn't use bags, and he now uses bags. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Dude, that's his rally yeah. car outside. Yeah. That's your rally car? Dude, that car is great. <laughs> it's so cool too. to roll. Got up second like in his first. Well, did you get second, second or first? In, my first rally. That's in your awesome. first uh, in stage four rally. Weeks, weeks. So what we're talking about is on this inverted strut. Like, uh -huh. you know, typically you've got a Teflon line bushing. So what are you guys using in this this sealed unit to? to Same thing. So is it like okay. a DU bushing? Yeah, DU bushing. Yeah. Yeah, we've used DS and DU and DX. We've used different ones. We, yeah, I kind of hodgepodge whatever I could find for those. Because the guy that sells them wanted a bunch of money for them. I was like, man, we can find that stuff. <laughs> and then he couldn't get the stuff from yeah. Bill's side. And so. so what do you guys recommend as far as maintenance then for keeping the uh, keeping the chrome in the best shape? Do you all like, add lubrication to the DS? Do you all run any sort of grease in them? Well, we, I mean, we never actually went to production with the yeah. inverted. This yeah, is, this is our, no, this is our very oh, first okay. inverted that we did, and that. it never, it never went through. Yeah. yeah. 
So cool. we haven't had to have that conversation it's, yet. This is, I mean, we manufactured stuff with HPT on our own, and that was the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And you guys are a bigger company with a lot more capabilities than what we were as a small business. And I mean, we were able to get it done, but yeah. it was really, really difficult. You can throw something on there. You can move the glue stick and whatever. Um, are you staging something up? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, it has lights. Yeah, get them lights. Oh, <laughs> snap. Uh, for me, when I talked to the guy that built them, he said cleanliness, especially for the rally so stuff, critical. is key. So I run bags on them. Yeah. I run our spring bags. He said... Because when I called him, he's like, so you're running spring bags? You're not, are you? I was like, nah, I'm not. Yeah. I was like, I kind of thought they looked stupid. <laughs> he goes, yeah, a lot of people think that. And then and then they have to rebuild them. Yeah, as soon as the dirt gets in there, scored. the DUs get messed up. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the scoring here. And that's not as big of an issue because obviously it's not a ceiling surface. You just want to keep dirt out of here. But the issue is that when that happens, it actually scores the bushings. Yep, it starts like, tearing the tough And it starts oh, making noise. Yeah. I get a lot of side to side. Oh. Just like, Oh, really? Just to turn it off? You'll actually, no, or it'll just turn off on its own. Oh, I just completely, yeah. the machine is about to blow up. <laughs> so. It's about to put that new 3D. Yeah. I thought it was a wheel bearing. Yeah. And you have full droop, it'll rock. Yeah. And that's a problem that they must the So I have to explain to them that it's like strut. I promise it's a strut. It's okay. It's not going to fall apart. Look at it. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah, you can watch it. You can see it. So you run at Bilstein's on the Subaru? Yeah. I'd like to run our own. I want to build 46 mils because the front, what I have are 36 mils. Yeah. That means I have to build new housings and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Whistle, that's the stuff that we do. We're doing casings. But, I mean, the, the good guys run 60 mil inverters. Yeah, so. There you go. Usually Boom. the DMS. Your 180,000 mile shocks will last even longer. No, no, no. Oh, oh, yeah. Because I don't want to ever. But I mean, for the price point, <laughs> Like Sheer lazy factor. Bags on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Bags on everything. It's all proprietary right there, right? It's not like no photos of that. No, that's cool. It's just, uh, okay. it's just up in the bracket. We do work. <laughs> we do work. You ever, uh, you ever get to play in there with your own car? Yes. Oh, yeah, cool. I do. On Thursdays and Wednesdays, we sometimes stay late and work on our own stuff. Yeah, if my last name was Edding, I would definitely name my kid Mark. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I had a buddy in college, his last name was, was Kerr, and I wanted him to name his son Iken. Like, hey, oh, nice, 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 nice to meet you. I'm Iken Kerr. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's... <laughs> that's the with what? <laughs> Everyone say, with what? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, those are nice. We buy those, actually. A lot of... Oh, that's, that's, there's a super cool story about that yeah, what is this? So that's a carbon fiber spring. Uh, yeah, that doesn't look like steel. Which is... It does not actually go on the shock. It's just for show. At least give it some preload or something. Oh, you can't because it's all separated. <laughs> Mark's all about the preload. I, <laughs> I can use like a mil or two more preload on this display. How long does carbon fiber shocks or springs last? Uh, that's a good question. Not long enough. That's what we don't make. Yeah. <laughs> the, price, the price to, to yeah, make that versus the... Really Longevity is not what yeah, I know, it's insane. We do a slideshow with these pictures and voiceover. That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, oh, I like that. That's like a whole nother level. Dude, I just hit a button on this camera. <laughs> I'm pretty sure What's you took a picture of my ass. Yeah. That um, closes the aperture so that you can see the depth of field. Okay, so I don't need to do anything. No. Yeah, now everything's right. blurry, that's all. Everything's going to suck. So, it's going to look like Adam shot things. So, back in, I don't know the exact dates, but this. Um, 
this was made in IBOC UK and it's used for uh, Formula 3 and Formula 2. It okay. was a shock system that um, we made and sold. Is this all composite? Uh, it's aluminum. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The canister is aluminum. Yeah, everything's aluminum. It's so light, though. But what's really cool about this system is there are people still using this this design, this exact shock on their you know vintage race cars or whatever okay. to this day, 25 years without having to do any major maintenance really? or anything like that. Um, but the problem was this this assembly was too. I mean, you're spending. It was just too expensive to yeah. to warrant. Um, hundreds of sales, you know. It yeah. basically just went straight to the real racers who needed them, and so it was really like expensive. To make. Yeah, there's, there's not <laughs> a lot out there, but yeah. every once in a while you'll get a phone call from someone saying, like, hey, do you guys still have so-and-so, this, you know, this unit? And it's like, How long has Dieback been making shots? Um, this... We've had the shock... For, well, that's a good question. I should know that. Now. Marketing guy doesn't know that. You see that real quick? The... Um, We should hear that. Let's take off the. Uh, oh, sorry. There's something formula involved, is not? Yeah, I just said the whole thing. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's the it's a formula shock, and um, it was really really popular, but it was really really expensive to, to manufacture and purchase. For which series? Uh, it was Formula Two Three. Oh, okay. People used it. Gotcha. It looks so uh, yeah, sorry, and um, the. We made those at Ibach UK, and there are very few of them around, but the ones that are around are still running no problem. So, cool. yeah, that's a, it was a really, really fantastic unit, but it was just no one could afford to buy them. Yeah. And so they just went away. Wow. But it's got cool, cool history. It's on front screen. Uh, so yeah. It's questionable. Proprietary so. stuff on the screen, you know. Yeah. Just a super cool ball hot track. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, guys. So, you can go in. You can go in. This is uh, testing. Yep. This is a uh, Mustang Sway. Doing cycle testing on that. So I believe the industry standard on the sway bars is something like 200,000 cycles. We'll run it. We'll run all of our stuff to five. Um, this is the spring cycle tester. So basically, it's on a on a cam, and it'll. What is it testing? I mean, springs. Oh, springs. Okay. Yeah. So what is it winding it's and unwinding squeezes them pretty much? Yeah. So basically, yeah. loads them to about. Uh, you can set it to full block. We usually set it to about 80%, somewhere okay. around there. So and, each um, one of these is settable? To yeah, exactly. It looks oh, like we had idea. some, yeah. probably had like a 225, 5-inch ERS spring on there, okay. um, testing those. Oh, cool. So you guys can just change the fixtures out yep. depending on the spring diameter. Yep. That's just really cool. Switch out all that. And we can do you know, the race springs with the flat perches. And then we also, the these dies that we use, we use them on our spring dinos too yeah so we just take those and they're very expensive and time consuming to make so once we get them we use them for everything so yeah, we'll, we'll take them off the spring around. dyno put them on here and do the cycle testing and, and do all that stuff are they made out of something specific or is it just i just think it's steel? just steel yeah, I, it looks like it's just tig yeah well because 
the thing is, they're not they're not loading and unloading it, so it's loaded the whole time, so it's not flopping around and yeah. really putting too much wear on the it's on the mating surface. Tiny bit of preload so right. come loose, and then right. you test. I guess you guys are compressing them up to what three inches or? Uh, it's about eighty percent of the travel. Oh, okay. Yeah. That so, much. yeah. So, are there data points that give you guys numbers as far as testing, or are you just are you just doing this for? Well, this is straight cycle testing. Straight so testing. basically, yeah. well, you can see here the. Um, the, uh, <laughs> these are thousands of cycles, so we got 500,000 cycles basically set up on each of these, and then you turn, <laughs> and uh, times 100. Wow. Yeah. So as soon as one of these pops, one of the counter stops. Okay. And then you say, okay, well, why did it break? What's going on? Then you go back, we check the material, then we'll check the batch. Is that what y'all do? Test until it snaps? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, unless it doesn't, and then we just, once it hits 5,000, 500,000. Then you're good. Yeah. yeah. I was just checking the levels. Pull it up just a little. Damn it, Austin. Sorry, dude. Is it engine blended? Yes. Well, no, no. It is and it isn't. This is where we test our valve springs. Yeah. So, um, you know, we. <coughs> We've done valve springs for a long time. In fact, one of our biggest industrial, we do industrial springs in Germany, and one of our biggest industrial spring is all the valve springs for uh, locomotives and for freight liners. Okay. So um, we brought that technology here and started to do automotive valve springs for the domestic market and, and you know popular cars. Um, this is a salt bath. Okay. So basically, um, we try different uh, coatings. Well, basically anything that we make will go in this salt bath to make sure that it lasts for, you know, through okay, so east, for east coast, testing? yeah, okay. east coast okay. winters and whatever. Yeah, Exactly, that's exactly right. Oh, checking your coating? Yeah, and then we'll also try new coatings and stuff to see how, you know, um, for instance, like on the zinc shock bodies and stuff like that, <laughs> there are different types of coatings that you can yeah. choose, obviously, so uh, we've tested multiple uh, different kinds and, and, and yeah, exactly. See what works and yeah. what's acceptable, and, and uh, it's all part of all part of the quality control and testing process. That's a Mustang front. Oh, it's Mustang. Yeah. Uh, three five one oh one. I think this is like oh five to two thousand ten Mustang front. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> Did you get any of those? I was trying to get some motion blur. It's so small of a motion, though. Yeah. Turned out okay. I don't know. Let me, yeah, uh, I'll sit here. There's definitely a torque going on. You can see that motor rocking. Yeah, we, um... That's a counter, right? Yeah. The Super simple, right? Where's the clunk coming from? Is it in huh? the rod end? Oh, yeah, it's the rod ends. Oh, okay. Down see, here. See this aluminum flexing? Gotcha. This whole bracket's flexing. Yeah, dude, this motor's flexing on this table. Dang. You can see it, like... It's got a lot of torque on there. It's got a lot of torque. Yeah, but look at the size of the bar. It's going. Right. If it was a smaller bar, it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, I'm really surprised the colony doesn't deflect Yeah, these are the energy suspension. We've been using energy suspension forever. 
and they're local, which is really nice. Make Where all their stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're they're west of here. But boom. <laughs> really bad. He's mentioned it every time we talk. You should. I just don't have a fiance that wants to move. Girlfriend, schmirlfriend, fiance, schmance. Oh, that's silly. You probably are, but. Eh, no one wants to think about that. We don't worry about that, man. You're in California. Why would you, you don't have to worry about anything. It is 100% accurate. That is an accurate statement. This thing's pretty sick. This is the. This is Michael from the Gentleman Racer. This is his. His rig. What is this? Uh, Ford uh, Fairlane. Oh, sorry. What, who's it for? Oh, Michael from the Gentleman Racer. This oh, basically okay. has our shocks and springs on it. A really nice looking car. Dude, it is bitching. Really? Yeah, oh, not that way. Just kidding. <laughs> I think it's locked. Technically, yeah. That's not looking right. How could you tell if it's locked or not? These old ass things are really huge. Really yeah, right. It's like all the way to. It's so. Yeah, it's. Huge. I'll show you a big giant rug. Yeah. Oh, here, let me get that carpet. How is that carpet fucking dirty already? We I'll just washed this thing. Okay. I'll just shoot like interior stuff. General interior stuff. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, comp tuning Plano is like around the corner from our shop. Okay. We usually use their spring compressor. Nice, yeah. Because they've got a. Super good guys. Yeah. Know their stuff. So, this is basically the, the shock where the shocks start. We build okay. our shocks from scratch. Um, I, we get, we'll do like the mild steel and we'll also do stainless for coilover systems. Um, start with the with the tubes. Cut the tubes down. Uh, these look like they're Toyota shocks, if I were to guess. We'll cut the tubes down, and then we'll close them on this machine over here. Hey Isaac, is that is the closing machine working? Uh, nah, it's okay. You're going on lunch soon, aren't you? If you don't mind, that'd be sweet. Thank you. So basically what happens is we go, um, once the rods are cut, or once the tubing's cut, we'll bring it over here and it's basically uh, an inductor coil okay. that superheats the end of the tube yeah. and then the die closes off the end, oh, which okay. is like super cool. So um, Isaac's gonna go ahead and get it get it fired up in a few minutes. We'll, we'll walk around, we'll be back. Thank you. So that's pretty cool. I got photos of him like throwing sparks and stuff. Yeah, I'm Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this one's Toyota. Just correct. It could be. Is this a welded in? No, that's the that's the sealer. So you'll that's see. The part yeah, 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 over there? yeah. Okay, you'll see so that work. It, it's super bitching. <laughs> it's just like it's like a hot weld or something. Yeah, like yeah. So these are shafts that are uh, unfinished. Correct. They have not been uh, they have not been polished yet. Okay. So, but this, so these have the nitrite coating on them yeah. already. Yeah. And then what we'll do is we put them through on the shaft polisher, 
and then get them all polished up and cleaned up and then inspect it and then uh, go from so there. Is this essentially like a, a, a belt sander sometimes? Yeah, or, exactly. Okay, and then do they, is there any sort of... Exactly. Because they, they get pre-cut and then they machine the threads onto them, exactly. is that right? Okay. Yeah, so they'll get cut here. And this, this is the machine that actually cuts the threads, which is pretty bitchin'. Nice. So this, here's a design for this one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then it just spits them out. This is where it's lubed. This is, are they already nitride coated? Correct. Okay. All right, cool. Is this is like assembly lube? Yeah. It looks like a Bilstein Well, piston. it's cutting lube. Similar to a Bilstein piston. Is that a piston you guys make? Uh, this is a piston that we really use in our system. Yeah. Piston. Yeah, we yeah. we go with the digressive stuff wherever we can. Actually, that it's not a common piston shape, but it's like an exact thing. But you know, that general the powder type piston yeah. is one that's used in many different applications. So. Basically, we're refinishing these because uh, the uh, the ID for the larger rate was too tight. Um, so we're opening these up a little bit. The spring would rub yeah, like it stuck yeah, on the Yeah, it would plating. get caught. It would stuck. So, so we had to open them up a little bit. What are these bit. used for? These are new bump springs um, caps. Yeah. So what a lot of the guys in the dirt are using these days, they've switched from the urethane and rubber to uh, springs. It makes it a little more predictable and. Uh, it's not exactly a lighter setup, but I think it's the consistency. It, you so know, weather doesn't change anything. They're actually using a spring. Instead of a bump stop. Exactly. Okay. So this is a half-inch shaft, and then we've got a 5.8 as well, somewhere around here. And I think we also have like a 6.25, which is 7.8 maybe. But so we have, a di we have different sizes uh, to accommodate different shock shafts. And um, this is actually gaining a lot of popularity today on the Are dirt. Are these plated and etched in-house? No. Well, our first round was. We, we do the plating. Uh, once we, Chuck will do our um, stuff like this, but he'll also do prototyping and, and stuff sure. on the lathe. And um, once we get this, then on, on the mass production type stuff, we'll send out to a local local manufacturing spot. So are these, these look like, I guess they're getting checked up and y'all are just cutting them manually? Yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. And then they'll go back and get replated? Yeah. Yeah, so they'll, they'll that's cool. Yeah. So this is this is Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe is our quality control man over here, and uh, basically goes through and checks all the guys' work, uh, makes sure that we're good to go before we move any further further in the production process. Verify everything goes through. Yeah. That's not a GTR club, is it? It is a WK2 front shock. So. WK2, what is that? Oh, Jeep uh, Cherokee. Oh, okay. Like an 11 to 15 Jeep Grand Cherokee. I did not know that the forks were that long. We did, uh, so our very first round of these, we had, I think, probably about like 17. Hey, Isaac, how many welds did you have on the first round of these shocks? Do you remember? 
Huh? How many welds did you have to do on the first round of those Jeep shocks? You had like, four. A, was it four? And then we're down to like what? Uh, before used to be like 23 of them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. So we basically cut. <clears throat> Well, it's not. He's he's doing it. He's still doing it by hand. Isaac's doing it by hand. Oh, so, wow. but we what we found was that it's he's doing 23 different welds. So it it takes way too long for one person to do this. So what we did was we went back to the drawing board and figure out what we could change to make sure that we had the same rigidity and strength, but with a minimal less you know processing. with less processing. Yeah. So we went through about five different versions of this shock, which was super cool. And basically it was uh, to collapse them. And it took 22,000 pounds, or what is it, on the press, 22,000? That's a lot. Yeah, 22,000 pounds of force to, to close this up and to, like 11, distort it. 11 tons. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So from the, the factory piece is like 16. Our first round was 22, like the super strong one was 22. And we did like a 19, and then we got to like 21. With, with this amount of welds on it and yeah. said, okay, this is good. So this is not going to get any more, they're not going to get any welds. This along is it. The side. That's this it? is all it needs. Wow, that's, that's yeah. really cool. Seriously, really good. So what they're doing is they're, this is reinforced as a spine then. Correct. Okay. The factory piece is a stamped piece that has a similar, it's the same shape, but it's got oh, the spine see, stamped into it. Yeah, there's that. extra that's, welds that's there. Their, yeah. That's the reinforcement. Okay, yeah. Cool. But this was a really cool process to see. It's just one of those things where like, you're bettering the product, making it more efficient, and it's still as, as good as the, you know, the, the big heavy duty so stuff. So is this the stuff that Mike would be working on? Uh, Brent, who was not in there, he okay. was the one who was doing the shock stuff. You, did, you missed Brent, he's our shock uh, engineer. Okay. Oh, cool, so Isaac's running the machine. Yeah, it usually runs a little smoother than that. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get the yellow pen. I need to go down to the other. They're hot. I think so, probably. Just to get a couple good ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. See it's pretty, pretty sweet. So we do have automated. We have robot welders for <clears throat> when we do like uh, the bar, some of the bar stuff. Yeah. Like the little loops, the bar end loops and stuff like that. We'll throw it on a robot so it can bust those out quickly. And then Jeff, who's not here right now, does the. Uh, He's uh, welding up some S50 or S550 bodies right now. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt. When you guys can leave the cap off so I can hone it, make it nice and smooth in there. Yeah. We got a gauge inside that. Where's the what's the bottom piece of like cap? It's just a cap. When you guys get set up to build one shock, does everybody work on one thing at a time? Yeah. 
What do you mean? Yeah, like, uh, he'll work on something. Yeah. Let's take stock for a week and then work on something else. Or how does that work? Yeah, that's pretty much so. You'll just basically get a work order for whatever amount okay. he's working on. These are actually, we're finishing up the this set. He's doing these for, he's got to get a couple of them ready for me to put up on our SEMA booth. <laughs> and then also get a couple sets out to the customer who who's requested them. So, um, so he's working on these, like kind of, these are high priority right now. And then it's things are prioritized based off of, you know, we do a lot of private label stuff, so it's based off of when our customers need it and request them. And then that's actually one of the bigger parts of our business, which is really cool because a lot of people don't realize that. And when you think about it, like, so who do you think really makes your springs? You know, like you could have the stamping of whomever or whatever, whatever color, but you know, I guarantee there's really only two or three places in the country who can really do it and do it well and, and we're one of them so um, you know it's it's cool to think that when you see a spring you're like oh I'd recognize that or a shock because our shock yeah our shock business is really uh, really taken off here in the last uh, five years so yeah yeah I think we started we um, we actually got the uh, the machines, the dynos, and all the, the machines to build it. Yeah. Uh, we purchased those from Edelbrock because okay. they got in the shocks for a very short period of time, and then they moved away from it. And they said, "Hey, would you be I've interested?" Seen yeah. Stickers on a few things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, we have like old old crates. yeah right there yeah, old okay. crates that say Edelbrock on them. So yeah. we bought we bought their their shock uh, dynos and stuff like that, and. Um, and uh, started with you know started our own direction and and it's been it's been really good the past few years so three years three years in February so I'm still pretty new still pretty green but I spent a lot of time here so I learned a lot real fast which is good it's really good and you know if you're like super excited about stuff you want to ask what like this kid asks every question about everything you could possibly yeah. That's why they came along. <laughs> it's good. So this is a, sorry. This is a, this is assembly. Yeah. That's Candido. He's been, uh, he's been worth it, working with us in the shock department since we got it. When, what, when did you, uh, when did we get all this good stuff, yourself included? Ten years ago? Something like that? A decade? Something like that. Yeah. Candido is a man. He knows how to run all of these machines. It's a dyno. So basically, every single shock that we build, uh, every single shock that Candido builds, goes <laughs> goes into the uh, goes into the dyno. Make sure it's within spec, and you get a big green light if it's good. What speed are you testing it at? Uh, I don't know the. Uh, I think I it. Well, it does. It does the low speed and high speed. Oh, okay. I didn't see that process. Yeah. Because at first it was it was going at a higher speed. Right at the high speed. Yeah. Probably one inch per second. Pretty standard. Yeah. <laughs> that thing's quiet. Right. That's really cool. Our shotgun is loud. It's just. You get a rear rig. Yeah. We got two of those over yeah, there for the hand built stuff. Wow. So. So we're standing. Yeah. What are the? What are these? Yeah. So. These are also assembly machines. We primarily do most of our assembly on, on Big Blue over here. 
Um, these are these are for Candido. What do you do mostly on on these guys, or if anything, anymore? The which one? Oh, the 36 mils. Yeah, yeah. So smaller stuff goes on there. This one's set up for the 46 stuff. Yep. We do 46 is a very very popular as John will be able to tell you. 46 is like monotube. 46 is pretty much the way to go. Um, it's floating uh, piston. Yep. 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 Okay. It's uh well the we grease basically it's the it's the solution we found to um, you stick the the post that holds the floating yeah. piston in there mm -hmm. with the grease and then it goes in and that's it. Oh, okay. So this is is this a filling station? Yeah, it's basically no, it's a whole assembly. It whole assembly. Yeah, really? basically it'll do the whole the whole round. Yeah. Oh man, I would love to see that. Seal, <laughs> seal head, floating piston. I mean, you have to put this on yourself. Yeah. I've run this once and I did a horrible job at it. Yeah, you slap that on the piston, slide the shaft in, and then what do you have to do? Slide yeah, like so the basically, shaft is already on the shaft. Yeah, so okay. you have your assembled shaft and you screw the shaft into this guy right here. Yeah. You throw your seal on, and then you load your um, seal head, seal head here or a circlip here, and then. Oh, it's doing everything. It's doing everything. It's all all the motions in one machine. Where, how do the eyelets get installed, or the bushings, or how real, dude? Is that part of this? That's after that's the fact, outside. Okay. Yeah, it's basically uh, assembly outside. Somebody steps on them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you just squash them in. Yeah. You just stick them in a vice and squeeze them. That's pretty much it. You got a die that you know depresses them, yeah, depresses yeah. them in. So, oh, nice. so yeah, these are. These are private labels that we aluminum do. Bodies. Uh, these are stainless. Oh, are they? With aluminum, uh, oh, okay, aluminum. Cool. With an uh, aluminum thread and body cap. Yeah. Cool. And then you got the Schrader That's on really there. That's really slick, man. The Schrader is about as low as it possibly can be. Exactly. Wow. That actually took a while to get to get That's to work to do correctly. Because sometimes yeah. you have clearance issues with the car too. Yeah. What's this specific for, you know? application? I believe these are for a uh, snowmobile. Snowmobile. Yeah, I think wow. so. I have to. I don't have a. I do not have a part number and or guide to tell me. You don't have a memory of every single. Part I don't know. I know a lot of them, but I don't know that one. So, this is. Uh, this is basically where you know those R twos that everyone talks about are yeah. so great. Yeah. This is where they get assembled. Uh, Danny over there puts together our R twos, yeah. all assembled by hand. Um, on this machine right here. So this is it's similar. It's a filling station, but it also will charge, uh, you know, do nitrogen charge as well. Um, for those, so for these guys, these guys go in the in this type of um, this type of machine. But then you have like the Integra or the Civic ones will be filled by hand on the vices, which um, I I was fortunate enough to learn how to do, and I. Yeah. Service my own, which is really cool. Job. Yeah, right. I, I got to build my own. What do you have on the, on the E36 out there? Uh, I have a ground control iBox right, setup. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have anything for my car, but I'm working you on. Have any 336s? No, Not no. We, we did a long time ago, and then we just nixed it because, okay. you know. I got uh, something for you, probably. Do you? Dang, yeah. <laughs> see? My no guy. That no guy, that's right. So, but, you know, the lifespan of a car basically <laughs> goes you get it new, everyone wants yeah. it. 
then there's a, a period of time where they just go away. Yeah. But then once they start to get cheap again, yeah. people start picking them up. That, well, the yeah, E36 the is kind of right. They're kind of getting there. E46 is getting that way too. Actually, I think the 46 is a stronger chassis yeah. than the 36, and that's why we went and did a Pro Street S, which is okay. a height adjustable coilover system. It's not valving adjustable, but um, we did some track testing and found a really good spring rate that works for the street and also like pretty competitive on the track for yeah. just you know like a nice hpde curve. yep yeah. exactly like an eight tenths kind of setup yeah exactly so um and uh it's been pretty successful actually i think um i can't remember the name of the shop who has them but he took his e46 out on a set okay. at gingerman and did a 43 it's pretty fast yeah for and just just with that coilover kit that's uh, non-adjust non-adjustable that's freaking fine I think we do 450, 450 yeah. rates. It's like everyone's like, well, yeah. those rates are so soft. Well, it's like an E46 M3 at Gridlife this weekend on Moton, well driven. Yeah. And it ran a 42. Wow. Who was that? So finish. Like, 43 is respectable. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's good. You guys run in Maxima shock oil? Yes. That's what we use. Yep. We've had like, good success. Yeah, I know. We're We've had really San good Diego, success right? with the Maxima stuff. Actually, I don't, I'm not sure where they're located. But we've been we've been working with them for some time. Actually, for those for those steel and aluminum ones, we it took a while to get the right uh, the right oil for those because they were in such like cold temperatures and stuff. Get the right weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we did some uh, yeah, research and development sure on that with our customer. Correct, yeah. Exactly. Because that will affect the performance. You know, Absolutely. Like actually, it was climates. it's it's crazy how much you would not think about how how much the oil can change. The performance of, of the shock, but it, it is it's noticeable. We tested 20 weight, 30 weight, and 40 weights, trying to re-oil like an OEM setup. Oh, really? Just to add damage. Yeah, to, to see what it does. And yeah, we, we've seen differences. So we've even done that like on our race team, endurance racing with Chuck Parker. Yeah. So many limitations. We modified a set of KYBs, put heavier weight. Oh, on nice. And added more compression force to it. it nice. A little bit of rebound, but it was really more like compression. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, I've noticed um, noticed when I was messing around with my own personal set of shocks, I would change, I changed the the gas pressures a bunch, and I usually would notice it on the on the compression yeah, end of things more so than the rebound. Compression. And that's why guys will tune shocks if they need to change spring rates, but they can't change the spring rates. Yeah, they'll change the gas pressure. Right. Yeah. It's just a quick way to do it. This is literally almost too much to take in. There's a lot going on. Seriously, I mean, I know we talked about doing a podcast in the other room, but there's still, we haven't even hit the springs yet. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to go. How are the levels looking like in here? I have no idea. Say, hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Yeah, you look fine. I do look fine. Thank you very much. I showered today, so that's good. Do you do service here as well? Do you all service shocks, or are they usually? Well, we do, for the Multi Pro R2s, R1s, and some of the Pro Street S, we do offer rebuild services, but generally, if it's not on the hand-built stuff, uh, they're like not serviceable. Yeah. So like something that comes off of that machine is not really serviceable or generally not serviceable. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, so. But all the multi-pro stuff, anything with the Schrader and stuff, we we do uh, happy to happy to service and freshen up. That's what we got over here. Yeah. Um, we, had, we had a pretty good, uh, Kyle Mohan is one of our sponsored racers. He's been using R2s on his RX-8 mm -hmm. and uh, on his drift car. And I think he went like four years without having to touch them. And then he sent them to get new seals. And um, gas pressures hadn't changed very much at all. And it was just the time for a rebuild. Was so the oil, Was the oil the only thing that looked like yeah, it anywhere? Yeah, it just yeah, needed, needed to be replaced. Yeah. Yep. 
That's pretty solid, though. Yeah, no, it's a good. To get we that have much some lifespan out of it. We have some really, really nice, um, nice components, seal heads, and stuff that go into it. We've done a lot of different testing with uh, quad ring or just yeah. regular ring setups, and and. Um, Do you find that usually the O ring is better, or are you using a? Well, I guess the material of the quad ring makes a difference. It makes too. a big difference too. Rubber usually isn't as durable as Viton. We have not ended up switching from quads on this one on the uh, compression caps to um, to the standard O ring. Yeah. Um, is it a Viton? Any idea? I I don't know for sure. It's pretty rigid. I, I bet it is. But the other thing too is the shape of the uh, the seal affects how it'll drag too. Yep. And how it seals. So those look like they'd be a lower drag setup. Inspecting custom uh, yeah, I think we're just cleaning up burrs. Yeah, I hope so. Keep the curves real consistent. Yeah. See, make sure the shoes sit real nice and flush. Well, these ones don't. They don't put preloads on them. We put preloads on the uh, 4500s. Oh, okay. What? The amount of stuff is like Yeah. Yeah. Shafts. Yeah. Look, look at all this. All these remote resi, all these remote resi things just like stacked up. Oil, oil spring in here. Yeah. And it allows different size holes to for the bleed. What's your piston look like? It's just like, well, this is very similar to the really? JRD. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. Um, the old John's a shock guy, too. The old Moton Club Sports were seven foot adjustment, and they had a very similar style of adjuster like that, where they were machining the shafts with the detents, and yep. they had the holes on the uh, that rebound shaft. Yeah. That rebound cap. Yeah, it's very similar. It's cool. Yeah, it's a good setup. We've been really happy with them. It's very, the the way it works is really very comfortable for the road and and you know when you valve it correctly it works pretty well on, on track too yeah so here who engineered the valve um Brent who was not here that's the guy he, he was yeah the other desk in that office who was not there those are the rear S550 adjuster yeah Oh, but that's using an OEM-style replacement spring, right? It's a well, it's a, it's a, it is a progressive rear. We ground flat on the top, and then the pigtail, we still use the OE pigtail on the yeah. rear of the car. There's, like, no other solution. We looked at using a larger ERS spring, and it just, it tweaks it too much. It's just like... Oh, did it it's, start Yeah, yeah, it's, it's too... Yeah. It's a really difficult thing and we talk i mean i just recently had this conversation like what's the next step like what are people going to do i think kind of washer in the bottom of it or? yeah there's an isolator ring i believe okay. that yeah, that yeah. goes on there but i think what's going to end up happening is that people will start switching to the coil on basically coil over shock directly onto the onto the uh the shock, the shock itself did, did you electronic set how'd that go uh well i ended up doing the install and it worked well we had to just we had to check tire and wheel clearances yeah did and you? That, that how much did you have to? Ch how much is that ratio? It changes it pretty, pretty significantly. You know, I'm sure. Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, my boss Brian and Chris, our engineer, did the calculations on it. Okay. And 
I don't remember what it was. I mean, it puts it, it's, it becomes like almost one to one at that point, you know, when you have, right. when you have the spring. I can't remember how shock. far out the uh, the shock mounts on that. But that was the thing is we had to we had to space the shock mount out a little bit so that the spring wouldn't touch the body up top. Ah. Uh, so we did have these spacers, and then we went to a heavier grade bolt that was longer. Oh, uh, okay. Some of that stuff we had to figure out as we. Yeah, went, absolutely. We've done one kit. I've not seen anything like it yeah. yet. I just assume that's what's going to happen because yeah. this is a really expensive and difficult solution. Unfortunately, these you have to cost a fortune. To that's make, what I'm so saying. Yeah. We're making them here. Yeah. That's the. Well, I yeah, mean, so this is a very small run that we'll and have of this these. Is, what is this? Four, almost four inches. <laughs> I'm not really sure the OD like or the OD on that, but it's, it's monstrous. Well, yeah, that's. A pigtail on it, so the spring just kind of. So yeah, it's got. It's an open end. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, It'll be big here, and then it'll go up to the factory point on top. That'll be just a little tiny, maybe an inch and a half or whatever size opening. So that's kind of an expensive spring to make a lot of different rates of. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing is like it's specific to the car, right? So yeah. the Pro Street S kit is is designed around you know some street performance and comfort, and uh, yeah. you you could take this kit. We did take to thermal, um, and actually did really well on track uh, because of it, it's it's like an eight hundred and twenty pound rate from the factory, it's a lot of and um, yes. these independent rear Mustangs are really nice and uh, handle really differently than old older Mustangs. They sure do. So it's really already a great car, and um, we were just able to up the the rate just a little bit, and um, and adjust the ride height, and um, it worked quite well. But this this kit was for we did have some valving adjustment on this for this customer. Okay. So our kit will be doing this the Pro Street S, which is a, a non valving adjustable, but has ride height adjustment. So so is this going to be just a limited run with these ten, or is it going to be? This is the first run. Okay. <clears throat> so two of these are mine for SEMA. And then the rest of these will for be for our customer specific, for R and D yeah, testing and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then from there we Just figure out. Yeah. Some specific shock tools laid out on a very nice. Tool right. That's pretty yeah. Cool. Pretty cut them out. Super handy. Yeah, it is handy. Then you know, okay, we're missing this tool. Yeah. Even I can come down and figure out what the hell goes with. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. All right, so. You familiar with those? Yeah, the little rebound rubber. So mm -hmm. when we were doing the Grand Am, uh, when we had the Grand Am contract, yeah. AST was using a, uh, it was a circlip top guide that was had a very low drag seal inside. It was a two-piece seal. And mm -hmm. then they had the little rebound rubber piece like this. Nice. And I guess they did that. It was like to to keep the, uh, I guess the shim staff from smashing into it. Right. When it would top out. Yeah. And that's why they ran this. So that's cool to see. I wonder, do you have any idea what these go in? Uh, those are that's just our standard half inch seal head. That we'll we'll put these on anything with with the uh, with that size with that diameter. Whatever shaft. the shaft diameter yep. is, yeah. It looks like a small shaft, like a fourteen maybe. It might it, it might be it might be smaller than that. Maybe I don't think that's the five eighths. Is that it? might be a twelve. No, five eighths is sixteen. That's definitely smaller than sixteen. Yeah, this is like a little half guy. Yeah. Oh, cool. There's your ball and spring for all these. Yep. Jeez, that is a lot. Yeah. This is more assembly right before they go in the boxes. Some really pretty Pro Street S's for a Mustang. Yeah, Mustangs are like really, really popular for us. Really? Yeah. Those are pretty good. Because it's that whole American thing. America! America, yeah. Send me, send me one of those, it's I think. Very German colors. Yeah, <laughs> it is very German yeah. colors, yeah. Should have been red, white, and blue. Yeah, for, yeah, it's a, any 
idea what coating they're using on these? Uh, I do not. For this one, this I don't steel. know. I mean, it might be like a black. I think it's a. Black zinc or. Yeah. I think it's Krylon, dude. Oh, <laughs> it could be Krylon. Yeah, uh, you may have heard of it. It's the. Uh, really, really high end coating. It's called Krylon. Krylon ro Rostelium. Ah. Was Rostelium. <laughs> yeah. Is energy suspension mount? I believe so, That's yes. That's pretty cool. What is this for? Any idea? Uh. S, what's, it's a Mustang. It's a Mustang. Oh, okay. It's the uh, Fox S body. SN95. Yeah, SN95. Yeah, Rostelium. Oh, it brings to you. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell from the highway it's a big building. Yeah. It's pretty cool to drive down the highway season. Yeah. So, so we keep about six months of extra stock and over 500 metric tons of steel, wow. uh, spring steel at any given time because we only get from about three different uh, suppliers. That way there's consistency across the globe. So basically Eibach Germany who manufactures and us also get, we all get the same stuff. Yeah. That way it's the same exact spring no matter where it's wound. We use the same machines, same teeth, like basically we train all our guys in the same place and uh, it's just consistency across the globe. It's very much like that. Did you know this is how springs start? No. Just in big co coils? Yeah, it's just wire. It's like a giant slinky. It is a giant slinky. It's specific about the size of the steel. Correct. So we... Yeah. Now, so next year will be our 65th year of winding springs. Um, we, uh, we've been doing this for a very, very long time. We started in Finnetrop, Germany. We still have a facility there. We just opened a new facility there to, to uh, work with the uh, OEMs because we do a lot of OEM in Germany for the European cars. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge, huge, very like, very uh, automated facility. And uh, it all started with, um, I think we started with doing like garage door springs way, way back in the day. Really? Okay. And then what got us in the automotive market was uh, AMG contacted us to do some of the very first, like in the early 70s, AMG contacted us to do um, a set of springs for their, uh, you know, AMG model, whatever it was, yeah. which is pretty cool. Some Mercedes or yeah. takeoff from Mercedes. Yeah. Some off-road spring, I'm guessing. So, uh, those are the tempering ovens. That's actually a step that happens after, after winding. So, I don't hear the winding machines running, unfortunately. So these Wafios machines, all of our manufacturing facilities have these same exact machines. Wafios and Eibach work together to manufacture these uh, for our specific needs. Uh, this is the FB2, which uh, can wind reverse. Um, and then we have the ones that are, do the left-hand winds all down there. Is that a German company? Cool. Yes. Okay. Are you doing any, uh, are you doing seconds? Ten Instant seconds. gratification. Wow. So the way this works, it's all CNC based and uh, it pulls the wire through okay. and then the dies, if you can see the dies over there, uh, adjust, you know, open and close and, and oh, separate yeah. to, to put the spacing and the diameter on the wire. Yeah, so basically the big chuck comes down. Can I open the hood? Or are you running it? Yeah. Thank you. 
That would be awesome. That landed perfect. Basically, we'll, we'll use the. Oh, I didn't uh, even see that. Yeah, there's a hole up here. We have a whole uh, crane system. system. Yeah. So the, they grab whatever spool of material uh, they They just bring it up with a forklift. Yeah, yep. So once they're wound, we take them over to the tempering oven, yep. which is also the time and uh, the time and temperature is another thing that we perfected over the past 65 years, which is it's part of the art, the metallurgy. It's like the art of the of the spring. Correct. Exactly. So <clears throat> we've come up different different types of uh, tensile strength wire and different diameters of wire use different temperatures and times and, and that's all things that we've already figured out and, and goes into the engineering process for every spring that we do, every new spring that we do. Yeah. Um, after it comes out of tempering, we bring them over to grinding. Exactly. So this is where this is where you clean up the ends. Yeah, the flat. We is also do fork springs. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing fork springs for a long, long time. We work very closely with Racetech. And uh, with Wilbur's in Germany. Uh, that I don't know. We okay. we might in Germany, but uh, here you go. Souvenirs. Valve spring. Valve springs. I think this is a um, this is a rear. No, this is a either a rear Honda or a rear. I think it's a rear Honda. Just by the looks. Little valve spring souvenir. Little valve spring souvenir. That's awesome. Looks like a Honda size. What? Looks about Honda size. Dude, it's the inner. It's the outer or it's the inner valve spring to a B18 C5. I was gonna say it looks like No, I'm just making that up. He got all excited. Damn it. So this machine is pretty bitchin'. I wish it was running right now. But um, we originally had these three machines, and you can only load them one at a time. You can't. It's very time-consuming to load. Uh, we just recently put in this uh, machine where you can load your hopper, and it rotates them around and grinds. It makes really cool sparks and noises, but it's not running. So. Machine maintenance or just nobody working? Nah, lunch lunch break. Oh, there's about or some. Fork springs for you. They run them into this hopper. What? But these are all the spring dies that we use to put them in the hopper. They're the dies that we use that the springs go into. Oh yeah. Kind of like. Just like, like that. Uh, like the the little dishes, dishes for you know. Yeah. Man, that's so after they go to grinding, we take them over to shot peen. And uh, this is another step that not everybody does, uh, but the shop painting process, I'm sure you're familiar with, yes. uh, basically removes that top layer, removes the stress, kind of makes it a stronger, uh, stronger spring. Um, so we'll throw them in here, and out we get this beautiful finish that, um, I'm not gonna touch them because it'll get it rusty, get but um, you know, you get this really nice finish that, that takes powder coat very well, it's very durable. And uh, you just have a stronger spring that retains its shape.
But <clears throat> another thing that we do differently than a lot of people is uh, we engineer our presetting into the spring design. So every single spring that we manufacture uh, leaves the shot cleaner and goes to these presetting machines. So basically, we take it down the block to make sure that there is no sag. So yeah, we coil bind it all the way, and that's part of that's engineered in the design. So they coil bind them, measure them, and then they're good to go. Wow. We'll take one of every ten. Uh, one of every 10 springs and send them over to QA for uh, check before we send them to pack. So this is our, is our sway bar. Like, just using that same molten in process like what we saw over there? Or? Exactly. So we have an induction coil right here. Yeah. They basically, they'll take the end. That's cool. They take the end, throw it in the induction coil, and then they bring it over to this jig. And the jig is set up for each individual bar end. And what happens, exactly, so you got to set up the jig and you have your stamp and you have your cut and then you have your hole punch. So each one goes through that process. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work. Lots of man power. Yeah, for your alchemy. I guess once the jig's set though, it probably pretty smooth. I think from, from here to here, with one end done, it probably takes about two minutes. Okay, that's a lot faster than I was thinking. Yeah, because okay. this take this takes like 30 seconds to heat up, and then you do stamp, stamp, stamp. Yeah, it's about two minutes per bar, per end. Okay. So basically they hang them, they go through a bath, like a iron phosphate bath, and then go back through, and then they get sprayed in the powder, and then the powder comes through and back around here, and then stamp them and unload. Yeah. Nice and steady. It's got to be the certain rate uh, to bake. Yeah. It's all based off baking time of the uh, of the springs currently in the kiln or oven, whatever you call yeah. it. I'm not sure what these are for, but they've been. This is what they look like after they've put been putting that that iron phosphate. Yeah, it looks good. And then they still need to be powdered though. They're not finished yet. Lots of checking. You have to. That's why we don't outsource the stuff. And it's and you know when it's when it's not from us, it's from Ibach Germany, who has the same exact same exact standards and processes. So this brings us to this just scrap. Wow us and amaze us with the amazing machine. What are we looking at here? We are looking at the uh, sway bar, the CNCU sway bar bender. And um, basically, it's proprietary to us. Uh, we can hit bends and angles that a lot of other manufacturers who do sway bars cannot. And uh, it's one of the reasons why we're like the number one choice for uh, sway bars for OE manufacturers. Working the highest OE quality, yeah. yeah. We have the highest quality steel, and we've got, you know, um, instead of welding on ends, we stamp them anytime we can. and. Uh, we also use uh, bushing stops. We, we press on our bushing stops rather than weld on the bushing stops. It's just basically how a factory bar is built, you know, yeah. better quality. And the bushing stop is the little, uh, that's just the little ring. Yeah, the little the ring. Stone. Yeah, but a lot of people weld those on and they, it, it looks bad and it's just an extra point of additional heat and fatigue, you have fatigue on yeah. the metal. 
So we're looking at what we have here. This is that same coated rod. Right. So then he'll take that and put that up on a jig and make sure it measures out correctly. Mustang bar. Oh, these these are the springs and the ones that we were talking about the that they open. Yeah, that they open. No kidding. We had to open them up because these this rate these are the 1,600 pounds. So this little guy's got 1,600 pounds of rate per inch. So to, to compress this one inch takes 1,600 pounds. Yeah. And uh, but the wire diameter that we had to use. It's really small. Is it is small, but those caps were made for like we thought we were only doing a couple different rates, but this was like a super high one last minute, and we had, so that's why we have to open them up a little bit for these particular ones. What's the B slash B stamp? Oh, that's the date. That's like the date stamping. Oh, I don't okay. know the exact. They've got some. Well, yeah. Sixteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. No foot pounds. Foot pounds. Right. Yeah. 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 Think about or it. no, yeah, inch pounds. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Pounds per inch. Yeah, pounds you need 1,600 inch. pounds to compress this one inch. Yeah. Just, just to here. Just about. Well, if you think about it, how many inches? This inches is two and a quarter inches tall. Yeah. So it takes what's 1,600 times two and a quarter. to compress this all the way. And then you've got a coil diameter that's roughly that's 10 mil. You have to put a whole fucking car on this to compress this all the way. And it's two inches tall, two and a quarter inches tall. Well, I mean, those are bump stop springs. Those replace a bump stop. It's pretty cool. All right, so that's pretty much it on the production end of things. We'll just walk through the uh, warehouse okay. drool over everything and go from there. Yeah, you literally have he to. It himself. Literally have to beg the guys to. <laughs> yeah. Beg the guys to get it done. So rad. So these are all. This is actually where you would be ordering from. This yeah, is all this the ERS. This is. This is all the ERS stuff. Yeah. All the rates. All the rates. Uh, yeah, right here. Boom. Ooh. <laughs> Those are metric. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll about do it from our time at IBOC. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Hope that wasn't too long for you, but there was a lot of really good information there, we feel. So um, on behalf of myself and Adam, uh, we'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, if you like the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash slipbangleshow. Uh, you can leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. Well, we'll see you guys next Tuesday.